London is not just some city. Its spirit stands outside of time. Certain places have influenced its citizens. It is not only a setting, but a presence, a character in various films, novels and poems. My name is Philip Röttgers and I search for London's spirit. I think there are two particular ways to explore the powerful and mysterious place that is London, through literature and through walking. Follow me into a secret world. Follow me to London beyond time and place. In this series I will explore its spirit by walking the city and talking to London enthusiasts. I invite you to join me. Together we will discover London beyond time and place. This is Talks Beyond Time and Place. Hello everybody to Talks Beyond Time and Place. My name is Philip Röttgers and my guest today is Stephen Sarley. And uh, hello Stephen. Stephen is the author of uh, Dark Lines of London. I'm going to show it here into the camera. Uh, it's a time-traveling supernatural and historical thriller, but it's not a novel, it's a comic uh, written by Tony Lee. We'll talk about this in a minute and sure. uh, with illustrations by Mariella Malova. I hope I pronounced her name correctly. Yeah. And uh, the story of Dark Lines of London, well, basically they're two stories set in different times and they, they, they weave together. And um, the one story is set in 15... 89 or starts in 1589 uh, when when Queen Elizabeth I is at the end at the end of her reign and the so-called school of night uh, makes plans for the future of the British Empire and uh, the group consists of uh, Francis Walsingham his daughter Frances uh, Sir Walter Raleigh Christopher Marlowe Thomas Harriet and of course Dr John Dee who is the main one of the main protagonists of uh, the comic and the other story is set in 2019. And uh, the main pro protagonist there is the English literature's graduate, Sam Carter, uh, who finds a message in an ancient copy of Dee's hieroglyphica, uh, sorry, Mona's hieroglyphica that warns him of the School of Night's plan to destroy the world in 2020. And he finds a way to converse with Dr. Dee uh, in the past and together they plan to save the world. So when I read this summary uh, and a bit more, I was intrigued by the inclusion of ley lines in London, of Dr. D, and also by the fact that the main protagonist is an English literature student, just like I was a couple of years ago. So uh, I really wanted to talk to the man behind the story, Stephen Sally. So welcome, Stephen. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much. It's a real pleasure to be here, actually. So uh, that was a really nice summing up, actually. So that's very good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad that I did that right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just uh, one thing, actually, before you, uh, you say it was um, a story dealt with a uh, big disaster in 2020. The book was published in 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and then at the start of 2020, I did actually have some uh, readers getting in touch with me, actually worried. They were saying, oh, my God, is it, are the, you know, the John Dee prophecies that you spoke about in your book? Were they actually real? People were actually concerned that they were real. And I was like, oh, God, what have I done here? I actually start getting a little bit worried. Because, yeah. you know, it was actually coming true parts of it. But, I mean, oh. yeah, uh, the, the world didn't, didn't uh, it wasn't it destroyed. And, and London no, exactly. wasn't destroyed. There was no, no. big Thank plague God. that 
That's yeah, exactly. I imagine I could have, uh, you know, I could have been responsible for that. No, 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 you were, res you were responsible. I mean, there was no big bang in Trafalgar Square and things like that, so everything's fine. But okay. the, the pandemic came. <laughs> maybe, exactly, maybe that yeah. there was another another yeah. thing by the by the school of night. So before we go into uh, into the story, into the detail, I my, my first question would actually be because this is talks beyond time and place by London beyond time and place. So of course yep. we we're already London is all, all, also or not also but already always in the center of these talks. So my question is, are you a born Londoner? I am actually, yeah. I was born um, very close to where the uh, book is set in uh, East London, in Stepney. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I was born there and I currently live in Greenwich, which again is, you know, in the heart of the, uh, of where the book is set. So you right. live in Black Keith, where the ley line finishes. So it, it's really strange to me that, um, you know, I never intentionally went out to write a book about, you know, where I'm from and the area where I grew up and lived most of my life uh, and it just generally happened and and right now even I'm um, actually enrolled as a full-time student in the University of Greenwich oh yeah uh, because I enjoyed writing this book so much I decided I uh, I wanted to go to a university and do it properly and so yeah I'm actually doing creative writing in the University of Greenwich which the Lee line passes right through you know which is a key building and again I, I didn't specifically want to go to Greenwich University. It's just when I started applying, that's the one that came to me. So it was like so many incredible coincidences Co that happened to me since I started writing this book. Yeah, yeah amazing. Co coincidence or not, maybe it was just some kind of exactly. Maybe there, there was some force behind it, some magic. I'm absolutely, yeah, uh, absolutely a believer of that for sure. Yeah, yeah but great. I mean, it's it's great. I mean, I think Greenwich University there's there's worse place to study than to study than, than than there. Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely beautiful, yeah. Yeah. So you were born in London and you live in London, as you just say. And I mean, of course, this this whole uh, story, the whole comic, it deals very much with, with London and with London history, or not very much, but it's mm. clearly it's part of the of the story. So have you always been a kind of London historian or did this come when you wrote the book? I um, wrote the story. I, I guess I've always had an interest in it. Um, you know, when I think back to when I was young, it was it was always there. You know, uh, um, I always loved history. I, I always loved uh, the unusual, if you like. Um, I don't want to say the occult. I'm trying to think <laughs> like you know the eclectic. You know, unusual mm -hmm. things, legends, the mythology, um, and I, I suppose uh, this book actually. I'm, I, I know it, it's not a big book, and but I was actually researching it for about ten years before it actually came to print. Um, so, it, you know, it took forever because as I was digging, there was much more coming out. So, you know, th this was the first opportunity I had to actually, uh, you know, really indulge myself in, mm -hmm. in the interest, you know, and really do proper research and, uh, you know, really get involved with it, go, go, to, the, go to the various sites, dig yes. around, you know, try and um, dig out old uh, book, old manuscripts, try and find out. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was great. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. I, I, I talked to some to some people and, and subwriters also, and uh, I, I include myself in this. I think uh, sometimes think the, the the research part is. I mean, it's most of the time it's you do more research than, than what you need what you need in the end and what you use in the end. Yeah. But it's it's almost it's, it's as fun as writing itself because it's it's so interesting to dive and in, delve into these. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly, yeah. yeah just to. Um, find all these you know disparate pieces of information and then find ways of knitting them all together and just one thing leads to another and the more you yeah. dig the more you know the more you find it just goes on forever and ever 
yeah, I, I think I probably had enough to write four or five books in the end. Yeah, great. Well, it's even better. Then we yeah, can, can probably expect more, more yeah, from, from you. So uh, I think this was was your first your first book, your first work. So can you tell me a bit how and when you you started writing your own fiction and how this this started basically? Yeah, well, it kind of um, as I say, it was about ten years ago, uh, maybe even a bit longer. But uh, yeah, around that time. Um, I remember reading a really bizarre story about um, uh, a place on the Isle of Dogs. I don't know if you know the Isle of Dogs in East London. Mm -hmm. The Isle of Dogs is a really unusual shaped uh, piece of land, like a U shape with the river bending around it. Um, and I read a, it was actually uh, the front page of a local newspaper. Uh, I, 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 think, read it. I think someone described it as, a, as, as one testicle. I don't know who, but someone. One testicle, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I read this yeah, somewhere. Okay, I'll, that. I'll make a note of that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, well, strangely enough, um, the front page of the uh, story called it the omphalos, um, and that's a Greek word meaning belly button. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the Greeks used to uh, use that to refer as a central location, so the center of uh, the country, the center of the continent, the center of you know, wherever it may be, the Omphalos, and it would be like a holy place, very uh, key. Um, this paper described uh, a legend um, that the Isle of Dogs was the Omphalos of the British Empire. Um, and they spoke about uh, a legend, it's funny actually, because this was on the front page of, a, as I say, an archived newspaper. Mm -hmm. I remember reading it and I've never been able to find it again since I've been looking for it for so long, never been able to find it again. Um, and it, is, it spoke about um, John Dee, um, if, you, if you go to the Isle of Dogs, and it's on the ley line, that we'll, mm -hmm. we'll speak about later, there's one, there's a kind of a stone circle in the middle of um, Mudshoot Park. Mudshoot is a beautiful park in the middle of this uh, rural setting. You know, they've got animals, they've got cows, sheep, mm -hmm. all sorts. Um, it's a lovely place to go walking. Um, anyway, in the middle of this, there's a kind of a stone circle on the floor. Nobody knows, you know, why it's there, where it came from, anything about it, but it's still there and it's really well preserved. Uh, and the, sp uh, the paper spoke about how John Dee conjured a demon on that spot, um, kind of like and created a kind of Faustian pact um, mm. to uh, get his help to create the British Empire. And that's the spot where uh, he did the deal. I, I read another legend where um, uh, he demonstrated his uh, skills to Christopher Marlowe on that spot uh, and kind of attacked him. Like mm -hmm. he killed him there, and then they and then they pretended that he was actually killed in Deptford, just up the road. Right. Uh, so yeah, the place is like full of myths. I can't find any proof, obviously, that any of them are real, but that's what kind of triggered my interest. Um, so then I started reading about John Dee, and literally, I started finding out so many unusual things in that area, mm -hmm. um, and along this line, as we'll cover shortly. Um, and yeah, and I just started writing down information with no, no, you know, no, at that point, I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to write a book. I just started finding information, started researching it, writing it down, writing it down. Now, within a, about a year or so, I had like reams of information. And then I thought, you know what, you know what, this could be a great film. This could be a really good film, you know. Yeah. Better than the Da Vinci Code, I'm sure, you know, because it's all based, you know, lots of reality. Um, and I thought, oh, I'm going to write, I'm going to make a film. But then obviously realized that that was a ridiculous idea um, and decided I was going to write a book. Um, but then quickly realized I'm, I wasn't, you know, good enough writer to write a novel. 
so then uh, settled on writing a graphic novel instead. Um, so yeah, and that's how that finally came about all those years later. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I wanted to, uh, to ask if you if you planned in, in doing it as a comic right away or if, if it started as a novel, basically. Yeah, it's, it, the idea was a novel, but you know, it's really hard work writing a novel. It's, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe when I finish my degree, I'll be able to do it, but yeah. Maybe. So maybe, but uh, yeah, uh, you know what? And I love the fact that it came out as a graphic novel because um, it's a totally different genre. It's very visual. Right. Um, you know, and um, working with Mariella, the artist, she was, you know, she was fantastic. Um, I gave her free license, you know, just, <laughs> um, as you, you already mentioned, I um, spoke with Tony Lee at the time. And um, because I got the story, I had it written down, and I thought, oh God, you know, I had no idea what to do. I'd never done this before. And um, so I looked around to try and find, and, and again, this is another one of these incredible coincidences. Um, I, I thought, you know what, I need someone who's in the industry. Mm -hmm. I need someone who can help me. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, and completely at random, I looked around and I thought, you know, I, I want someone to be uh, preferably a, a Londoner, to be British, um, because it's a very British you know, story, um, uh, and somebody who's got experience. So I looked around and I, I kind of read about Tony Lee, who's mm -hmm. a, uh, very established in the field and he'd, he'd worked on things like um, uh, Robin Hood and Sherlock Holmes and Spider-Man and all sorts of things. And uh, I just emailed him out of the blue and said, you know, would you be interested in providing me with some consultancy for this? I, you know, I've got this story about John Dee. Mm -hmm. And and he wrote back, he's a big fan of John Dee. He was thinking of writing a book about John Dee himself. You know, he already knew a lot about him. Um, and uh, literally, we met up. He read the story and said, yes, 100%, absolutely. Great. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I teamed up with him. Uh, he, uh, you know, he formatted it. He introduced me to the publishers. He gave a lot of guidance to Mariella, who, you know, it's her first time doing this kind of thing as well. Uh, so yeah, the three of us put together this book, and um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm very happy with it. Yeah, yeah, and you you can be. It's it's great, and yeah, I, I can I can imagine because sometimes this is what I also think. So, do I write a novel? I've started some things, and I, I yeah. also had the thought, maybe I I should do a graphic novel or a comic. But then I I would I would maybe have the story, and I would need someone to to basically translate it into into a comic version to yeah do. exactly because yeah, it's the whole format you have, you have to be very careful about how the pages are laid out you know, right you get the exciting bit as you turn the page you know the big double spreads it, it's quite a technical thing to it um so yeah I, yeah i would definitely recommend getting someone to help you for the first time for sure. great yeah. yeah i mean uh you already mentioned uh the the ley line and i think this is because this is something where i think uh I, 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 not that I could have written this, but I thought, oh, this is the, th thematically, this is something that I, I really like. I like these, okay. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm into the, yeah. the whole Nicholas Hawksmore thing, the, the architect ah, and yeah. the ley lines uh, in, in exactly, London yeah. that connect his, his buildings. Yeah. So um, the ley line in, in the comic, I'm going to say a few words about it. It's, it's, yeah. It starts or ends, depends on, on where you start, mm -hmm. uh, at Queen Mary's College. That's right. In, in Mile End, right? Yeah. And then, of course, it goes through Nicholas Hawksmoor's St. Anne's Limehouse with a, with a pyramid in the, in the churchyard yeah. and then through the Isle of Dogs that you already mentioned. 
and then uh, through the Royal Naval College, the Queen's House, and then the General Wolf statue in, in Greenwich in front of the observatory. And it ends at uh, All Saints Church in, on Blackheath Common, which is right. now, now it's funny because you say you, you live near there. So, so exactly, really around the corner. To the, to the yeah, yeah. ley line, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, as I said, Hawksmoor's buildings have often been put on ley lines, basically, in, in yep. various stories and theories uh, yep. through London. You also include, um, on a side note, basically, you also include St. Paul's and the, the monument, they, they, yeah. the ley line or the line from through them, they run basically exactly, yeah. on the side. Yeah, yeah there's an interesting fact. Like, like, I, I remember that when I discovered that link there, I remember absolutely getting goosebumps as I, I, I saw it for the first time on yeah. Google Maps. I thought, oh, God, this is weird. Yeah. yeah. That's the first time I thought I was really onto something actually when I when I found that. Right, but I love these things about London mm. because you you can find these these uh, connections and these stories and and you you really think oh I'm onto something there there's there's something behind it it's not just made up because you can connect certain places and exactly uh, and yeah, yeah. yeah and people I, I really like that so yeah uh, Saint Paul's and the monument both designed by by Sir Christopher Wren and Hawksmoor and Wren worked on the buildings in in Greenwich on some of them exactly so um, yeah have have you always have you been familiar with these theories about ley lines and London ley lines or did this also come come to you when you were researching no I was um, I was well aware that you know ley lines existed um, and as you say the the Hawksmoor churches. Um, have been discussed in depth in many other books, including them. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Alan Moore yes, from Hell. Well, yeah, yeah, one of my favorites. Right, exactly. He connects them all together to make a pentagram. Um, I did. Know, I, so, I did this journey once, one day through London. I, I I followed the the route in. I think it's chapter four in From Hell. I yeah. started at Sir William Giles' house and then I moved through through. You went through them, yeah. yeah That's a long right. walk, actually. That one. No. I, I did. I did not walk the whole way. I, I took oh, okay. the bus a few times to to yeah. get the feeling of a coach ride. I didn't want to take okay. the, the underground. I, I had to take the underground like one or two times because it would have taken forever to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a long, long walk. I've, I've read about people doing it in two two pieces. Yeah, right. But it's it was fascinating. I, I felt like a complete lunatic. I thought some people must <laughs> must, must think I'm crazy. You know, walking a a pentagram okay. through London. So for, for what reason? But it was it was exciting. But sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. Yeah. No, so. no, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I was well aware of ley lines. Um, and, you know, I, I was aware that there was a few of them. There's a famous one that goes through the Strand. Mm -hmm. um, and there's another one which I discovered called the Royal Line, which uh, passes through even the, even the Diana Fountain. Now it goes through from there. Goes through Buckingham Palace, the Victoria statue in front of Buckingham Palace. It goes across Big Ben. Um, where else? The uh, there's a um, King Alfred the Great statue in South London, um, and that's all connected. And that um, that line crosses kind of if you like my line, mm. um, a, a very significant point as well, um, which which is nice. It's almost like you know confirming that there's something there. Right. Um, but when I started working on um, you know, when I, I, I read about that Omphalos, this what I was talking about earlier, and then I noticed that there was something short distance away. Uh, I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then the Hawksmoor Church. And then, you know, once you get three spots, it forms a line. So then I thought, oh, I wonder what happens if you extend it. And then it started connecting everything up. And that's when it, you know, it starts really getting exciting because I think, and then I started looking around, researching everywhere. Right. Um, and nobody really had spoken about this before. And so, you know, that makes it extra exciting that I might be actually finding something new. 
um, which was kind of a yeah extra yeah. exciting yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love the whole, the whole area that you cover on, 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 on the ley line and, and uh, Limehouse and Greenwich. And, and I remember being very impressed by, by the, the mirrored buildings in, in the Royal Naval College in Greenwich yeah. when I was there for the first time. So yeah. if it's possible one day, we should do this walk together. <laughs> Absolutely. I do, it, um, I do it normally a couple of times a year. Um, yeah. Weren't able to do it last year for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, we... Um, We've, I've done it maybe four or five times now, each time with a new group of people. Um, people really generally enjoy it. Mm. Um, when was it? So not last year, the year before, I did it with um, a paranormal investigation group. Right. You, you mentioned was, that in the opinion. Yeah, that mm. was fascinating. Yeah. So we did it with them uh, and we had a medium along with us and she got some great <laughs> she, yeah. you know, she was coming across all kinds of characters and telling us all kinds of things. Yeah interesting yeah. things going on um yeah and i i had to go with um oh i forgot what they called you know the uh divining rods sorry the divining rods and i had absolutely something happened to me that freaked me out because uh yeah i was in control of them that time and, uh, yeah. and it definitely worked so yeah i mean absolutely fantastic yeah where did the idea come from to to do the the walk with a paranormal investigation team well, I mean, it was, idea, but, it, it, yeah, I guess we'd, we'd done it four or five times and then um, I just thought, you know what, is there something here? You know, I wonder, you know, because, you know, we spoke, there's several uh, ley lines in London and, and this is another one of them. And okay, so it's a theoretical line connecting a whole, you know, series of buildings, monuments, landmarks. Uh, but what actually is it? Is there energy on the line? Is there, you know, magnetism that can be detected? So that's when I got in touch with a paranormal group saying, like, you know, because I knew they, they use lots of instruments. So I thought, come along, let's do the walk and mm -hmm. let's actually do measurements and see whether we can, uh, you know, detect anything out of the ordinary as we're walking along. Yeah. And they did, as, as you say. They as absolutely you did, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed they, that. They found some. And uh, you also mentioned, I mean, the, the you, you also go through the Greenwich foot tunnel and yeah, yeah and, and, and the, the ley line, it, it, the, the, it crosses the meridian. So it crosses I, I, the meridian, exactly. And also, um, interestingly enough, um, the, uh, shall I talk about the various spots on the ley line? Because yes, yes, yeah. please, please do. Okay, so um, one of uh, John D's uh, most famous books, uh, was uh, was this one here? It's called the uh, hieroglyphic, the Monus hieroglyphica, mm -hmm. um, and it deals with this uh, symbol, which was his uh, his own personal symbol, which he created. And this symbol takes into account; it, it explains the entire cosmos, mm -hmm. everything about you know everything you ever want to know about the universe um, and time and everything is all encompassed in that one symbol. So if you read this book, you'll, you'll know everything there is to know about everything. Um, but I just want to read you out the, the last line of his book because it's yeah. kind of interesting. You read this book, it's not very big as you see, and it's, it's, it's very obscure. Um, and at the end of it, you think, oh, what was that all about? Um, but the last line of the book is, here the vulgar eye will see nothing but obscurity and will despair considerably. So, um, you know, even John Dee acknowledges that. So once you've read the book, you're not going to understand anything. Um, but yeah, so this is his symbol. And the thing that got me really, really excited uh, on the ley line was um, when I was looking at the uh, the um, spot on the Isle of Dogs. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, hopefully you can see this quite well here. Right, so this is the symbol, and this is a photograph of the, um, you know, from just taken from Google Maps. Um, and you can kind of see that the, 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 the can you see that? Well, you can yeah. see that the actual symbol there, the, mm -hmm. the Mona hieroglyphic symbol, is actually laid out in the past with the ley line running straight down the middle of it. Yeah. If, um, if, you, if you have this photo, you can also send it to me and I can in, include it in a, in a better version for our viewers, maybe. Absolutely, I will do that, yeah. Um, because, yeah, this really brings it home to life. Um, and, and this part of the uh, Monas hieroglyphic system, and so this, this uh, sorry, this, um, this spot here is mm -hmm. actually in uh, Island Gardens, which is just on the other side of the foot tunnel. So as you go through the Greenwich Foot Tunnel, it's right there. Mm -hmm. um, and this part of the uh, symbol here, where you get the two circles overlapping, um, that is known as the um, uh, the vessel of Pisces, the vessel of the fish. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a symbol that's been used throughout mythology to represent the fish. You know, like when you get the Jesus symbol, the fish, um, and it's also used to symbolise woman. Mm -hmm. Okay, the overlapping circles, and then so it's a fish on a use for a fish and a symbol, uh, woman symbol. If you actually go there, in the middle of that circle, there's a statue. And that statue is of, it's actually called Woman, woman and fish. fish. Yeah, yeah, and it is a big statue of a woman with a fish. Um, and that's right slap bang in the middle of that circle, uh, the monist symbol. Um, and going back to earlier when you were talking about St. Paul's, so Christopher Wren, um, great, greatest building is obviously uh, St. Paul's Cathedral. Yeah. His other great monument is a monument at, um, uh, by uh, London Bridge which was uh, built to commemorate the Great Fire of London. Um, and in mythology, you often get uh, a dome and an obelisk uh, together mm -hmm. to represent man and woman. And um, you get it in Rome, you get it in Washington, you get it, you know, all the, all the major cities, you know, and London is uh, the um, St. Paul's and Monument. Yeah. So I thought to myself, you know what, St. Christopher, if we join those two together with a line and extend it to see where it crosses, uh, this line, let's see where it crosses. And and then I, I literally went on Google Maps, did a line, extended it, and like then like <laughs> had to take, you know, I was in shock because it crosses it right on top of that statue, bizarrely enough. It, as you extend the line, it's like yeah, you know, like, oh my god, this is like absolutely bizarre. Yeah. This is this it is makes really it, bizarre, yeah. It really bizarre, yeah. And it makes you know, there's what's the, what is the chance of that? It's you know, incredible. Yeah. So yeah, so that you know, when you start getting things like that happen, I really thought you know, we're onto something here. Mm. Um, and then as you extend the line, um, and uh, I'll send you these photos so you can include them. Um, so we've got the, uh, it passes through the pyramid, the Nicola Spokesmore pyramid, like literally mm. right across the top of it. Um, and it goes up to Queen Mary's College. Um, and what's interesting about Queen Mary's College is that up until the 1970s, I think it was, um, they actually had a nuclear reactor in there. You know, yeah. In the middle of London, they had a nuclear reactor. It was underneath Mile End Road, um, and it got moved out in the 1970s and taken to um, uh, Stratford over there. And it was used for research purposes. Um, but again, that was right on the ley line. If you then, you know, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. You know, a ley line's got a nuclear reactor on it. How did you find out about that? Is, is it's, probably... it's public information, actually. If yeah. you Google it, yeah, it's, it's all there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they kept it quiet at the time. They didn't want people knowing that they uh, living next to a nuclear reactor. <laughs> but it was there, yeah. Um, and then bizarrely, 
um, if you extend it down, you know, if you follow the line down south, if you know, you can, you can get to the um, the uh, woman and fish statue, cross the river, and then the first building is the uh, what is now Greenwich University. It used to be before it was Greenwich University. It used to be the um, Royal Naval College, mm -hmm. and strangely enough, in there up until the 1990s, they also had a nuclear reactor in there that they used to train um, uh, the you know the submarine nuclear submarine stuff. You know, and this is a UNESCO World Heritage Site building, Christopher Wren's yeah. masterpiece. And someone decided it would be a good idea to put a nuclear reactor in the basement. <laughs> it's like absolute madness. When right. they took it out in the 1990s, right. kind of the locals didn't know it was there. Um, they had to remove 270 tons of material when wow. they removed it in the 90s. Exactly, yeah, because there was, there was so much contamination. Um, and that, that's now at the building where I go to university. So, so if I start twitching or something like that, yeah so um yeah and and i think you also mentioned that in then in the end when it where, where do you prefer to start in the north or in the south which would i always yeah i always start in the north mm -hmm. um and walk south purely because at the end of it you end up in black east um and there's some there's brilliant pubs in black east so at the end of the walk you can go and have a nice yeah. drink and something to eat Whereas right. if you end up in my lane, nothing wrong with my lane, but it's just not such a nice place to uh, right, yeah. spend a couple of hours relaxing afterwards. Right. So yeah, purely for that reason. I mean, you could do it both ways, but I, yeah. I always go south. Yeah. And I, I think you mentioned that in, in Old Saints Church in Blackheath, there are 666 pews. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I can show you a, a picture of that yeah. as well. Yeah, so in the old uh, ordnance <laughs> survey map. So when the building was, uh, the church was built, um, uh, 1700 something like that the uh, first maps afterwards they used to like you know provide a lot of detail yeah so as you can see there you can see that mm -hmm. all saints church 666 seats like, uh, what you know take <laughs> one away or add one but you know why would a church have 666 seats great uh, yeah very unusual yeah yeah uh, so yeah another weird thing there yeah right I'll just show you one more page actually. I, yeah. So the book was published in 2019. Um, and then later on that year, for the very first time ever, um, I saw official confirmation that there is a ley line there. Um, on Blackheath, they put up this this uh, sign uh, to, uh, okay. you know, just like a public information sign for mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, tell people about Blackheath. And it mentions here, that, uh, they call it the Grand Axis. Mm -hmm. That this church was built to uh, mark the Grand Axis, and that was the first time ever I had seen any official acknowledgement. Yeah, that there was a, you know, there was a line that somebody had planned all this. Some yeah. some kind of confirmation. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I like to think that somebody in the council read my book and decided that they better acknowledge it. Maybe, maybe. So uh, yeah, and as you said, you when uh, you walked there with the with the paranormal investigation team, were, were there some some time uh, um, anomalies in the in the foot tunnel? I mean, there's always the rumor. <laughs> there's like there's a great rumor about that, isn't there? But yeah. uh, um, no, we didn't get time anomalies. But the medium, as as she, as she was walking through there, she, right in the middle, she um, uh, she met. She said she met um, uh, a very old um uh kind of say a guy in a, a very old sailor uniform who um who she spoke with who, t who told her his name told her his rank um yeah so uh it, yeah he was standing right there in the middle so 
great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. But, and, and yeah, she was. Yeah, she re she really kind of had to be forced through to get to the end of it. Actually, she felt a bit rough. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because you, you have the 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 strange time. Uh, anomalies in the foot tunnel and then there's the meridian close by and i also th always think that the time in london has basically its own law it depends on uh, it, yeah. it runs differently at various locations so <laughs> this it was just interesting just funny so it's coming back, yeah. back to to dr d for a moment so there's this um you said that the basic starting point was this this theory that he he yeah. a, a spirit at the isle of dogs and so made the location the the origin of the british empire Absolutely. uh there was there was the the basic idea so how how exactly did it, did it develop from there you did discover this ley line and then you said i mean the yes. characters like I, I, carter and and things like that how did you yeah so um i i started off so then i think that was probably the first time i'd learned about Dr. john d so he's a kind of strange character a lot of people mm -hmm. have heard of him some people have some people haven't um a lot of the work he did um was you know a lot of the good work he did so he um uh, for example he was he helped translate euclid's elements of geometry mm. um into english for the first time he wrote he wrote the preface yeah that you know which was you know one of the most important books of uh you know modern mathematics you know it was his he, you know up until the early 20th century the book with his preface in was still being used in uh, in grammar schools up and down this country you know mm -hmm. you know 400 you know 300 years after he'd written them um so he'd done that he'd written um uh, books on uh, navigation which um then he went to queen elizabeth and said you know you need to go out to north america and claim what's rightfully yours he, he he'd um found some evidence that uh, king arthur had, or king arthur's relatives had already been out to what he called atlantis north america mm -hmm. And he and he, he was saying to Queen Elizabeth, you know, it, it's your birthright to go out there and claim it. And he told her what to do. He um, told them how to navigate. He told them where to go. Um, he first coined the phrase uh, British Empire. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, he's, he's a guy who's, you know, really important historically. Um, but unfortunately, later on in his career, when he started um, dabbling in talking to angels and all that kind of stuff, um, yeah, he, he fell out of favor with the academics. Yeah. And it, it seems that, you know, they thought, oh, okay, so all the good stuff that he'd done earlier, you know, kind of got forgotten, and um, which is like, really unfortunate, real shame. Yeah, right. yeah towards the end of his career, he um, he went off with uh, a guy called Edward Kelly, who was, uh, they went off to Prague, where Emperor Rudolf was very much into the occult and the eclectic and, you know, anything to do with that. And they, they went and spent some time over there with him um spoke with angels learned the angel alphabet in uh, enochian right so enochian you, you exactly you have to do this talk in enochian because i'm not too familiar yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh actually yeah you can go on youtube and hear people talking it yeah i know i i, I saw oh, some it. <laughs> sorry yeah yeah exactly so they they learned the alphabet it was named after enoch from the bible who was uh, i think he lived to be like 300 years old and was the last human to use the uh, language so they named it after him but yeah, so then they were able to communicate uh, with angels and, you know, he's, he, he kept copious notes, um, which are in the British Museum to this day, um, you know, detailing exactly what was said. This angel came along and said this. Uh, the angel Gabriel at one point actually presented him with a, a crystal, uh, which you can go to the British Museum. It's right there, in fact. Um, so if you go to the British Museum, you can see all the artists. Yeah, sorry. 
Is, is that the one? There's also this this ball, this glowing glowing thing. Is that? The yeah. Okay. So it's a bit debatable. There's one crystal appears, which is kind of mounted in a silver chain, and that's in the science museum. Okay. Um, um, and then, uh, yeah, he, and then in the British Museum, he's got a crystal ball. Yeah. He's got a crystal ball. He's got the uh, uh, beautiful black obsidian mirror. Mm -hmm. um, uh, his wax seals um, and various other artifacts belonging to him. Um, yeah, and they used to do this grind, so they used to look in the mirror and like uh, John D couldn't never do it himself, so that's why he always had to have someone with him, um, which obviously left him open to be uh, ripped off at certain times. <laughs> unfortunate uh, but yeah so the scribes would tell them what they were seeing yeah in the mirrors and the shadows and relay the information to him and he used to write it down. um so yeah so um all that kind of stuff uh anything you know linked with that part of his career if you like um uh kind of gave him a bad reputation which is really a real shame yeah uh, yeah and, and then yeah so when he came back from prague he, he, he had a great library which he'd uh, put together in Mortlake over in southwest London. Um, and uh, when he came back, it had been ransacked. All right, the books yeah. had been stolen, they'd all been looted. It was, it was a real disaster for him. So, yeah, it was a real shame, actually. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, and then um, how and, and why did you decide to bring Christopher Marlowe and the whole School of Night into the, into the story? Yeah, well, it brought in very well, you know, with all the, I'm not going to say too much for people who want to read it, but with all the yeah. hints at, at Shakespeare and his death and, and okay, yeah. various yeah. people that are included. Yeah, so. Yeah, well, we, exactly. Yeah, because, I mean, there's just so much fun you can have with that period because of the characters, you know, Marlowe was a brilliant character, you know, the mystery of his death um, that, uh, do you know about, I'm not sure if you know about that, that he was allegedly, do you know about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know about yeah, the way he was killed over there um, in, in Deptford. And, um, you know, and there's all, you know, it, it, there's all these thought questions about um, uh, the authorship question about Shakespeare's, you know, who, who really was Shakespeare? Because very little is known about Shakespeare. Yeah. Hardly anything. We know nothing about him. There's yeah. no, none of his original writing. We don't know anything about him. So, you know, you can, you can have a really good play around with that. Some people say it was Marlowe. Um, some of people, Bacon, Edward de Vere, there's all kind of people that have yeah. been touted to have been Shakespeare. Um, so, um, and the School of Night apparently was this um, real secret society. So, um, you know, back in the day then, it, you know, it was, it was very heretical to talk about modern science and um, the head of the Church of England was the, the uh, monarch. Mm -hmm. So if, if you said anything bad about uh, the church, you know, it was treasonable. If you said, uh, you know, God didn't exist and, you know, debated that, you know, you, you could be tried for treason. So the School of Night, as far as I can make out, was a secret society uh, brought together, to, you know, to discuss uh, modern science, literature, art, philosophy. Um, and it had, you know, uh, as you say, Marlowe, it had um, Bacon in uh, Walsingham, uh, Walter Raleigh, uh, and it, it kind of seems a bit bizarre to me that you, you would do all that without having John D. In yeah, I was wondering, but he, yeah. he's, this is—he's not officially mentioned. As he, he, no, he's not officially mentioned. But um, I don't—you know—I I don't know who is officially mentioned. You know, I, I, there's no documentation, so yeah, um, 
I just I just think that it, it couldn't possibly have happened without him. And if, if anything, he was the one who would have started it. Yeah. So and then there's the 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 modern day story with with Sam Carter. So so how did you come up with that? And were there some inspirations for the characters like Sam or Sophie or, or Guru? Real life inspirations. Actually, Guru there was, yeah. Guru was a friend of mine who I used to work with, strangely enough. So, uh, Does he um, know about it? <laughs> no, actually, no. It, 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 when I started writing it, um, you know, as I say, it was 10 years before it came out. I'd long since mm -hmm. uh, lost contact with him, unfortunately. Maybe I should okay. try and track him down and let him know. Um, but yeah, it, 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 that, that kind of became the fun part, because then you've got all this research, you've got all these facts, figures. It's like, how do you make this into an interesting story? Um, and The, the fact is because the ley line covered, you know, um, old Elizabethan type buildings, monuments, but it also has, you know, nuclear reactors on it. It also passed through uh, Canary Wolf. So, for example, the, the, the pyramid on the top of the main mm -hmm. uh, Canary Wolf building, if you extended that down so that it actually formed a building at ground level, the, the um, southwest corner of it would Sit right on the ley line so you know there were lots of modern elements along this ley line as well so um that gave me the real opportunity to write the story any way i, I wanted really and uh, i wanted to in include all the real facts all the real characters all the locations but make it into an interesting story yeah uh, so as you say without giving too much away the two do um the, the two do align um crossover yeah hopefully hopefully provide a an interesting story so you learn a lot and it's, yes. it's a good fun story as well. i'm gonna i'm gonna show there were these two postcards with the comic i'm gonna show once again that's ah. d and sam carter very uh, interesting moment that one that's very interesting moment yeah it's a it's a double page in the comic and uh, yeah. i i, I reread it when just before our talk yesterday i i ah, okay. read it again to Excellent. get oh, everything back so yeah that was nice um I'd, uh, when I read it, uh, it's another thing I wanted to, to you, you also mentioned that um, there, there was this pub when, when you, with a Masonic symbol. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, uh, do, can, can, do you remember yeah. what it was? That's, um, <laughs> that is right outside uh, Cross Harbor Station. So as you come outside Cross Harbor Station and walk across the road, there's a pub there called The George. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was another, uh, actually, I think that was the original trigger for, for uh, that's how I then discovered it. Yeah, no, you mentioned it. That was the first thing I saw and then discovered about the uh, envelope. But yeah, if you, if you, uh, the George pub, um, the pub sign, it's actually got the Freemason symbols, the well-known Freemason symbols right there on the sign outside. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I was like, you know, at that point I was interested in Freemasonry and, you know, secret societies and all that. Right. Kind of thing. Uh, and when I saw that, I thought, you know, what the hell is that? Um, and yeah, and that pub, which is just slightly off the ley line, unfortunately, it would have been nice if it had been right on it. Right, um, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, apparently that is where the local Freemasons meet, and they've got a, a temple in the back room there. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, this East End pub with a Freemason temple in the back room. That, yeah, we, we need to have a pint there once it is possible again. Yes. I want to go. They do a fantastic uh, Sunday roasting there as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, good. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you already mentioned that you then basically you you together with with Tony Lee you did the uh, the comic version, and can can you tell me a bit about how um, uh, Mariella came was was part of the of the team? I want to show one uh, more of her of her drawings, absolutely. the wonderful John Deeds, not 
very not very good on camera but i you can see i'm going to put yeah. it into the talk yeah so, she, she really is great so again this is one of these uh, bizarre uh, coincidences um i remember i was uh, queuing up to go into the green note it's a jazz club up in uh, camden mm -hmm. um, and i was in the queue and there was a guy standing in the queue in front of me completely random um and because we were in the queue together uh, we started talking um it turned out he was uh, he, he, he taught english and then for some reason i started talk, talking to him about oh yeah I'm, I'm kind of thinking of writing this book and he's like what's it about oh it's about john d and it's like oh and, he, and he's like oh yeah i'm a massive fan of john d i love john d he knew everything about john d great yeah um, yeah his name's joseph and he's like okay that's like an incredible coincidence and i said to him oh yeah i'm, I'm thinking of um you know making it into a graphic novel and he's like oh i know a brilliant artist Mariella Malova, and he introduced me to her, and she ended up drawing the book. So again, completely random. I mean, yeah. this entire book, start to finish, has been, a, you know, basically but, a, a constant stream of incredible coincidences. Yeah. yeah, but that's a nice way. It's my, I mean, it's better than than having a plan and then it doesn't work out or something like. Absolutely, that. So, absolutely. I, I love it when it happens. Every time I get a right. new one, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I don't know if you know um, about Jung's theory of synchronicity, hmm? um, about you know. Uh, when these coincidences happen to you it's it's the universe that is telling you you're on the right track right uh, yeah yeah and, and, and the more you look out for them the more they're there and i it's like yeah i want to that's true yeah so you were on the right track and you and you yeah absolutely on this track. Yeah. yeah and uh, uh one thing i, I mean I, I do believe that we kind of kind of have a, a same taste of music uh, we always we, uh, we wrote a bit about it on on, on social media true. exactly but, rock rock and some of the the heavier stuff yeah. there there's a bar fugazi included is this a real bar did you is it a reference to meridian <laughs> no, 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 yeah that's very good actually i um uh, no it, it is there's no bar fugazi there but if, if you go mariella's drawn it mm -hmm. um there was a restaurant there an Argent, yeah it's an argentinian restaurant um but yeah i'm, I'm a massive meridian fan always have been and so i thought you know if i'm going to publish this book i want to get a little homage into yeah. the greatest band ever. So yeah, <laughs> Bar Fugazi. But actually, it's a strange coincidence because um, that song, well, the album Fugazi and the song Fugazi, the first the, the first line of the song is uh, uh, vodka intimate, an affair with isolation in a black east cell. So they refer black east. So there you go. So, you know, and, and Bar Fugazi is in black east. Yeah. Um, and, and they refer to vodka intimate. And I made vodka intimate as a cocktail that they're drinking when they're in the bar. Yeah. So yeah, so in that one frame, I've got three, um, three yeah. different uh, Marillion references. Never and I was hoping to, I was hoping that the band would invite me to uh, up on stage with them and you know talk about that. That that would be great. That would be great. Yeah. Are, are you more? Uh, do you like them throughout the whole whole career? I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Steve Hogarth, but many people say oh, it's not my my kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I prefer Fish Era. You know, the four albums. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I, I live, I, I love the uh, the yeah. Hogarth period as well. Um, I see them every opportunity I can. I saw them at the Albert Hall last uh, last um, concert. Um, in fact, I've seen them there twice now. Yeah, uh, yeah, I go see them every time I can. I love them. Me too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and um, just uh, mention Fish's last album. Have you heard Fish's last yes. album? <laughs> yeah, Welsh Mercy. Of course, John. It's absolute masterpiece. Yeah. yeah it's just. You know, even Marillion's last album, you know, even after all these years, 30 years, their last album still absolute masterpiece. Fish's last album masterpiece. So, you know, yeah. they're just getting better and better. Still, yes, I agree. It's, it's not, I mean, if you look back, there's always 
one album or the other album where you think yeah. it, it was okay. There are better ones, yeah, but absolutely. yeah, in the end, they 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 still still they, there. Absolutely, they, they create very good very good stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Absolutely. So, is Dark Lines of London going to be continued? Is there going to be? I mean, you could continue the story without I, giving away too much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, yeah, I'm hoping to. Um, to be truthful, right now I'm working on a. Um, what I really want to do would be the ideal. I'm working with a, a script consultant trying to adapt it for a uh, you know, TV series. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that would be wonderful, whether that would happen or not. But that, that's kind of what I'm working at the moment. But as, as you say, I, I, I've already got book two and book three, the ideas uh, lined up, ready to go. Um, so if, you know, I'm, I'm concentrating on trying to get this, this script done, uh, just the first episode, which is. Uh, I think we're on to revision about 25 at the moment. It's, it's really tricky business. Um, but yeah, if that doesn't happen, yeah, book two and book three will definitely be coming out. Um, Great. Yeah, and beyond, hopefully, yeah. Looking thing. forward to that. Any any other project projects apart from, from Darklands of London that you that you write? Well, yeah, I, I've got, uh, it's, it's funny actually, being at university, obviously I'm doing creative writing, so I'm getting lots of opportunities to try out different things. Um, so I'm currently working on a, a short play Mm -hmm. which is um it always occurred to me you know obviously john d and Sh william shakespeare around at the same time um and um there's lots of evidence that uh william shakespeare uh based his prospero from tempest mm -hmm. character on uh on john d mm -hmm. there's so many things there similar um uh, so i'm kind of right at the moment i'm writing a short play um of the the two of them meeting and the conversation oh, okay so that, that's kind of fun um and strangely enough the other idea I've had, which I'm, I'm playing around with at the moment, is a, you know, uh, um, they have a lot of musicals in the West End, the music of Michael Jackson, the music of whoever it is, this, that, and yeah. that. And I'm thinking, you know what, if I could write a musical based on the first four albums of Meridian. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so that would be an interesting story if you if you just take the lyrics, they, they would the lyrics. make it. Exactly, exactly. So I'm kind of like playing around with that at the moment. Like ideas are starting to come. That's at very early stages. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you like. It. You're the first person I've told you. If <laughs> you approve, let, let me know if I can publish it, or if you want this piece to to be left out of the talk. If it's still no, leave it in. Leave it in. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I would I would go and see that definitely. You would yeah. Excellent. And I, th and I think one ticket sold. <laughs> and I think I think the the members of the band and and Fish they would also be. They would yeah. like the idea. I I think. <laughs> I would. I think so too. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Great. Oh, yeah. I, I really like the idea. Good stuff. So um, yeah, I can recommend everybody to to buy and read Dark Lines of London. It's a very good, very good comic. And uh, as we heard, we can already look forward, maybe look forward to the TV series adaption or to the to the next uh, to part two and three. That's so and, Fingers crossed. Yeah, and then and, um, I will, I'm interested if you find more ley lines. It's just so interesting to, to find this. Yeah, I'm always on the look. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Stephen, do you have a favorite place in London? Is there something? Ooh, favorite place. I guess um, South Bank, maybe. I love it. Just walking along the South Bank all the way from, you know, from Tower Bridge all yeah. the way. So many sites, so many. Um, it's funny, actually, because, um, you know, even back in Shakespeare's time, John Dee's time, 
the South Bank was the, if you like, the city of London was on the north, and the South Bank was where you went to have all the fun, right? Like where the theatres were, all the bars, because it was outside the jurisdiction of the city. Uh, and still to this day, it's got that kind of feeling about yeah. it. It's like really exciting as you walk along there. There's so many, you know, it's it's just a great fun place. Yeah. Um, so it's good to keep that tradition. Yeah. So I guess South Bank. Yeah. Nice long walk along the South Bank. Have a nice yeah. drink. Me too. Oh, next year when the pubs are open, can't wait. Fingers crossed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I hope so too. Um, so you already said that you were were born in London and that you you lived there. And um, so, so how do you personally view London? Has it shaped you? And if yes, in in which way? Can you say a bit about that, or is it just the yeah. place where you live and nothing else? I guess so. I guess so. From an early, you know, you know, from fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, we always used to hang out in the West End, go up there. Uh, um, you know, back then you'd buy a bus ticket. They used to call them a red bus rover. Mm -hmm. you know, as, as a little kid, you'd get a, a, a bus and you'd go out nine o'clock in the morning and travel all around London and yeah. back home at six o'clock at night. And <laughs> your mum wouldn't be worried or anything like that. It was very different times back then. Uh, it used to be great. I mean, I remember growing up in, uh, in the East End of London, there was still even a lot of bomb sites left over from the war. Mm -hmm. You know, you could go exploring, you know, through building sites and, uh, it was, you know, it was exciting times actually. So yeah, without a doubt, London has shaped me. It's funny actually, because so many of my friends have lived abroad or people abroad live in London and people move around. And it's suddenly now at my age, I won't tell yeah. you exactly what my age is, but uh, <laughs> north, north side of 50. Uh, yeah, I was, I was born in London and still live here and I've lived here my entire life and I've never really lived anywhere else and uh, it's only kind of crept up on me and I'm thinking, oh god, I should really give somewhere else to go and uh, but uh, who knows whether that will happen. I mean, if you, you've got everything you, you want and you need there. That's always what yeah. I think when, when, when I'm in London. It's just... no, you're right, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. I guess that's what I was saying. Yeah, it's all right to go away for a short break, but I do miss it. I need to get back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I al always, the, my last question in, in, in the talk is always, but it's your choice to answer it or not. Uh, can you name three Londoners from throughout history that you would love to have dinner or a drink with? <laughs> oh, great one. Um, let's have a little think. Michael Caine. Oh, yeah. He's a Londoner. Michael Caine. Love Michael Caine. Yeah. Um, yeah, you like him. Uh, Ian Wright. Mm -hmm. The hero of mine, do you know Ian Wright? He used to play for Arsenal. He was record goal scorer at Arsenal. He's still on match of the day. Absolute legend because I'm an Arsenal supporter. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, struggling for a third, can you believe that? I, I would have imagined doc, Dr. John Dee. I, I could have said John <laughs> Dee, but I was trying to I was trying to not be so obvious. Okay, but I'm going to go. No, whoever you want to mention. No, no, John Dee would be great, actually. Okay. So, yeah, in fact, the three of those together at a single dinner party, that would be really interesting. I think Kane, Ian Wright and John Dee. There would be there would be an, an, an interesting combination if all three of them we had all three of them. Be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, that would be really fun. So yeah, that was uh, that's a good choice. I'm gonna I'm, I I think about collecting the all the answers and then see who got them. Oh. I think right now it's Shakespeare, everybody, although he's not from London, people consider him a London. Oh, I see, that's the thing, exactly. Yeah, he's not from that's right. That's why I didn't pick him. Yeah. But that, that's a funny thing in general. I mean, people often say, I don't know, uh, Dickens or whoever. And most of, yeah. quite often it's people that, that were not born in London, but of no. course live associated there. with London. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think Shakespeare. Even Christopher Marlowe. Christopher Marlowe kind of associated London, but he was from uh, Canterbury. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. 
But I think D was a Londoner, right? He was born. He in... was. He was born uh, very near me, in fact, uh, Tower Ward, so yeah. right by the Tower of London. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, which is now Tower Hamlets. Uh, but yeah, that was the you know the easternmost periphery of, the, of London. Yeah. Right. He, yeah. He, yeah. Welsh parents, but um, yeah, uh, he was definitely born in London. Yeah. So he can. Yeah. Okay. So uh, thank you very much, Stephen. Any anything you want to you want to mention that I forgot about the about Dark Lines of London or Doctor D? No, I think uh, we covered lots there, didn't we? And it absolutely yeah. flew by. Actually, I've got to say, really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. And I didn't. I, I hope we didn't give away too much, but I think we managed. So people are still interested in reading it without knowing Absolutely. about it. So. Absolutely, yeah. Lots of secrets in there, yeah. Right, yeah. So I can only recommend it. I'm going to yeah. show it once again. This is Dark Lines of London uh, by Stephen Silly and Tony Lee and Mariella Malova. Malova, right? Yeah. So. Exactly, yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you for being my guest today. And thank you, uh, thank you for, for being here. Thank you for your time. I wish you all the best with your creative writing studies and with the next Thank you. projects and uh, yeah thank you very much Stephen thanks very much